Oh, well, a little bit of a heads up would have been a little countdown or something. Are we on? Now, come, come back to camera. Uh, what is this, three? There we go. All right. Hey, everybody. It's the yard sign. A little bit of a clunky start today, but that's okay. That's, uh, you know, it's kind of how the, the narrative of this show. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm Johnny Torres. Welcome to the Yard Sign, everybody, as we do every Monday night, 7 o'clock here on Facebook, YouTube, now uh, available on Apple Podcasts as well. Uh, we're also streaming live on Periscope via Twitter. Uh, so, man, we the show just keeps growing and growing. Thanks to everybody for watching. Uh, we really appreciate you. And, again, you're the reason we're doing this. So we're going to be bringing you a rundown of national, state, and Florida politics. Uh, and, again, thankful to Chris Licata, who's going to be uh, – running the show today behind the scenes so i can sit on this side of the camera uh, always nice when we can do that let's go over to the table to see who's joining me for today the usual cast of characters uh for the most part uh, of course this lovely gentleman right here is uh looking very religious very kind of holy very you have a very like clean aura about you today company <laughs> <laughs> no let me mind look let let's let's realize here who did not get the memo about dressing up today okay uh, you know you guys just are a little underdressed most of the uh most of the episodes guys. oh I man came from, wow like, participating in mlk <laughs> the guy who was in a t-shirt in last episode i and the v-necks were getting really every everyone's uncomfortable we'll be back to v-necks next, yeah. next week this was an accident <laughs> All right. <laughs> this was an accident. Hey, this was, was an accident. And this guy who plays a Ralph Lauren model on the weekends is yeah. Jake you know. Hoffman. What's up, man? How's it going? Doing good. I'm you look good. You look I, sharp. I, I, I appreciate it. You, you, I appreciate you look it. like you care about the show today. Uh, you know, today. <laughs> today. Oh, you know, that it's it's all for the show. A broken <laughs> clock is right at least twice. Uh, I know. Now I feel like I'm the one denigrating the show here yeah. by not, not being dressed up. And, of course, setting the standard over here is uh, Chris for Cullen. Did I pronounce it right? Close. Rakylan. Rakylan. Damn it. All right. Well, Chris is joining us again for his second show. Thank you so much for being here, man. Thanks for having me back. And uh, for anyone watching, we are hiring a producer. We have a position. Wow. Someone's mic's going to get cut. Shots are already being fired. All right. So let's go back over to three real quick and let's pull up our list of topics for today. Uh, Of course, uh, you know, never a dull moment, uh, as as you might imagine. If you haven't checked your Facebook feed yet, plenty to talk about. Uh, Let's see. uh, Chris, if you don't mind bringing up the list of topics there, please. Uh, We're going to go ahead and start Trump impeachment. Not a whole lot going on there, but nonetheless, uh, you know, it's it's a slow moving process. Uh, in a very deliberate way, um, and I think that's, uh, of course, uh, by design, at least on the Democrat side. Uh, the Dem primary debate, uh, I think there was more action, I think, off camera than there was on camera, so we'll talk about that. Uh, the tr- trade deals that went down, uh, of course, uh, you know, the media not showing a lot of love to Trump, uh, but some major trade deals went down between China and Japan. We'll deconstruct those. Puerto Rico, a mess, as always, and I'm not just talking about the uh, – random like just wrath of earthquakes that they've experienced uh we'll talk about what's going on over there virginia had a major rally today uh about the second amendment we'll talk about that and and uh you know may something like that be coming to florida as well we'll give a little speculation on that front um you know talk a little bit about florida politics and how hillsborough county is going to be affected by this year's session and of course martin luther king day uh which you know we can't recognize enough uh, for his contributions and uh and obviously always uh, strive to live up to his vision for this country all right so getting started with the trump impeachment uh 
again, not a whole lot going on other than uh, the, the the papers, you know, being walked over to the Senate. Um, you know, the I think it was the Washington Post finally came out or um, or one of the New York publications. Somebody came out saying that, you know, th- that now there's a conspiracy thing, theory being peddled that Nancy Pelosi is kind of somehow intentionally slowing this down and and trying to affect the primary. Yeah, I think we talked about this a little bit on the last show, right? Yeah. We were talking about how, you know, I, I what I said was that I think that she probably, again, has had a long-term relationship with Joe Biden, right? They've both been in, in Congress and Senate together for, what, 50, 60 years, it feels like at this point. So right. uh, when that when you have that, you probably have friendships within in alliances within, within, uh, within Washington. And I wouldn't be surprised if she's playing favorites a little bit. I mean, it would be right up the DNC's alley, right, to pick the winner of their primary. Sure. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not surprised. Well, and, and being that they got caught so red-handed last time, you know, they got to yeah. be a little more coy about it. But every little bit of, 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 a, of an advantage that you can give uh, Biden, I think they're going to capitalize on it. For some odd reason, I was of the opinion – in that same thread however seeing the ramp up that was nece- that was needed for the pomp and circumstance that occurred last week with uh the darth vader walk across the congress <laughs> to the senate and everyone dressed in the same outfit except for the one con- uh, congressional woman in white holding the piece of paper like if it was i don't know sh- the, the sh- constitution yes like it was kind a of biblical passage it was, was so original copy it was so annoying to see how much and then how long does it take to get like custom pens Th- to say that is really the story here guys <laughs> that is the story the fact that she had custom pens made i oh, mean it was horrible it's like you it's so it just looks so bad when you look back a couple weeks ago when she's like praying for him and all like sad all, all in the, black with her Darth it, Vader pin. It's oh. it's just it's fake. I mean, right? It's again, it's always been political theater. It just even shows more to the political theater that it's been already that you're gonna have again pens made. Like, come on, what what is this? Well, remember like, yeah. she was waiting for Bill Maher to get back on 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 the TV, <laughs> so then she could make the announcement. Like, this is all planned. He was waiting. She was waiting for him to get back on air so then she could make a, a, a TV announcement that he's now impeached and impeached forever. Just the joy in her face. And again, yeah. the Botox is definitely not working it's anymore. It's been more if than she's a being able to see of times it. that she's had to quash the pleasure that she's derived, you know, when the camera turns on to her. It's, it's not the first time. It isn't the yeah. second time. It isn't mm-hmm. the third time. You know, the whole thing when she was handing over the, the articles and having to wave them to silence the silence the caucus yeah, in, right. in the house and had to mute the smirk on her own face, you know, to, to save face after she was talking about how somber and sober the moment was. Well, but then yeah. you got to go nonsense. and get the commemorative pens, right? You know, commemorative pens. Like, do, how, how much are they going on eBay? I want to know that. Now. Like, <laughs> well, then you come to the late night infomercials where you get the commemorative plate, you know, have you guys the, seen the Trumpy bear though, that they're selling? <laughs> have you guys seen that? I it's like, a, seen it's, that. it's a bear with, it's like it's like a stuffed bear that you take home with you. It's got Trump's hair and everything. Like that's a great commemorative. Thing. They're selling out like Fox News late at night. That infomercial <laughs> is like a yeah. caricature of conservatives. Oh yeah, it's here. it's great. It's great. But oh again, this shows the and then also the we got to actually see who the Democrats are putting up for their um, lawyers that will be representing them, the managers that will be representing them in the Senate, and then you have now the Republicans putting who will be uh, on there. And we know a lot of people on that little um, 
uh, group of lawyers yeah. that will now be uh, Pam Bonney, a great uh, representative of Florida, as a uh, AG, uh, a great AG of Florida. Uh, Pam Bondi, she's going to do a great job and is already on the news, uh, the making the rounds on the news to uh, to showcase what's happening. I think Ken Starr is on that list also, which is insane Ken that Star they brought him list. out of the the creep to be able to get him back into play. But it, it seems that. The way they're going to argue the the two articles now are just on the substance of the law and the fact that this does not meet any kind of barrier of high crime or treason, right? Which would would require impeachment. These to, are all procedural, exactly. Yeah, and so to allow this to go forward, you're opening the floodgates. And now that if anyone has a disagreement with the with the the executive. If the legislative doesn't agree with them, then they can file articles of impeachment, which is what they need to. This has to be kiboshed. And if it doesn't, it's going to cause a huge problem. Okay, so then that's the question. You know, does the Senate push this through, rush this through just to be done and over with because we know what's going to happen in the Senate? Or do they drag this out basically because uh, Republicans maybe potentially believe that this is somehow playing in their favor? I think that they are going to make it appear like a fair trial, right? I mean, again, I think that if, if we all know that it's not going to pass, right, it's not really like a, a fair trial, right? That's, right. What, that's what Democrats are going to argue. Um, and I would probably say that's pretty right, right? That's, that's how politics works. We know that it's not going to go all the way through. But I think that they want to have the appearance that he was given a fair shake in the Senate and they, felt they, you know, they didn't just immediately throw this out to the side when it comes in. At the end of the day, they're at, the Democrats are asking for witnesses, mm-hmm. witnesses that should have been called when it was on the when the ball was in the House's court. If they do not, if they didn't allow, they wanted it rushed, had to get done before Christmas, yeah. had to get all get done. Well, you could have easily yeah. had um, who was the the ambassador for. Uh, the, Ivanovich, Marie Ivanovich. They're trying, she already did the right, testimony. The Ukraine. But they're trying to get uh, additional uh, ambassadors, trying to get additional Trump support, uh, Trump uh, administrative people that were in the White House at the time to testify. And those all could have been done before Christmas. Well, the clear sign is what a lot of Republicans have said is, is that they are already trying to discredit what's going to happen on the Senate side, mm-hmm. meaning that it didn't have that strong a case going into it to begin sure. with. And now by discrediting it, discrediting it ahead of time is going to make it look like, you know, Republicans are somehow diminish the importance of this when again in reality it has no legs to begin with yeah yeah i mean you're you're talking about two charges here that actually have no basis in law these are not actual laws in our books and our legislation as they stand but i think this has some utility for republicans because you can call hunter biden and joe biden to the stand this has potential to be very very valuable for us yeah i just don't think any i just don't think that we're going to get any of the things that people want to see, right? Like we're not going to get them to testify. I don't think we're going to, the Democrats aren't going to get, um, you know, uh, Pompeo or these other guys that are, that are high up in the Trump campaign that are going to be able to, to come over the stand. Like they're not going to do any of that kind of stuff. And again, I think it's going to kind of fizzle out and be a lot less exciting than anybody wants it I to be. I think that might be what the Republicans want it to happen. That it needs yeah. to, there cannot be a, a, a show. It's not the right. Truman Show. It cannot get crazy. Well, the moment it gets crazy, the Republicans lose the narrative. It well, needs to be that, I'm sorry, it needs to be that the, the Republicans are the parents in this situation and that we're going to deal with this. Well we're going to get it quashed. You don't want our witnesses. Mm-hmm. We don't want your witnesses, which means that no one's going to vote in either way. Now, they're always saying that they just need four Republicans to switch to vote for witnesses however the way it's going to be thrown in is that you get your four witnesses we get our four witnesses we'll vote at one time if they try
try to piecemeal it, Republicans will lose every single time because we all know the four Republicans that we're already thinking about that probably will. It's Romney, it's uh, Maine, it's Alaska. These senators that keep on um, showing that they might be willing to listen to uh, witnesses. But those witnesses, we will never get what we want. Democrats mm. never let us get what we want if we're also going to let them get what they want. If we want... The only way it will happen if they vote all at the same time. Look, yeah, really, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters here, and, and because we know what their intentions were with the impeachment to begin with, which was to sway public opinion yeah. in regards to the election. And so if uh, my opinion is if they drag this too long, which may play in in our in Republicans' favor, um, people are going to lose interest. They're going to forget about it. Well, I mean, if you look at it. the polling, right? I mean, again, since the beginning of impeachment, it was pretty close to a little bit above 50% of the country was for impeachment, right? And then as the process has dragged on and gone longer and longer and longer, it's less and less, right? I mean, like yeah. you're watching a chart crisscross all of a sudden where it's like, People are no longer in favor for impeachment. They're they're watching the process. They're seeing all this stuff happen, and then all of a sudden, they're like, you know what? Maybe it wasn't so bad. Nothing's coming out. We thought there was going to be this big bombshell. Same thing that happened during the Russia investigation. Right. And none of these big bombshells ever happened. So right. people are like, okay, now why is it being dragged? If it's so important, why are you dragging it on, right? If it's so important, then why haven't you just walked over and given the papers? So yeah. none of those things are happening, and then people are just kind of like, and they're like, oh, maybe you shouldn't get impeached. And all of a sudden, it's changing directions. Well, an interesting angle, too, was what Anibal said earlier, which I'd never even thought about, which is her literally waiting, mm-hmm. you know, through the holiday kind of, you know, lull in television, yeah. right, for some of these programs to come back to give her an opportunity to go on there in prime time and actually get yeah, people's attention. Of course. The thing is, though, she completely forgot that Gaspar season's here. No one in Tampa <laughs> is worrying about If you didn't whatsoever. go back and watch our Beats conversation from last week, that's probably the best section we've done on the show since the beginning of the show I would highly suggest going back and seeing last week's episode and who knew you love talking about beads so much I we're not moving back into that conversation. no look really quickly on that topic yeah. um, <laughs> you know well That's I mean good. on Gasparilla in me general oh, no okay. no no just Gasparilla in general I, went, I took my daughter and I went with the you know the entire family yeah. needs and have all that First time going to the children's festivals, uh, children's parade. Yeah, it was a great time. I can't say I've been. You know, shout out to the Rough Riders. So we have a lot of friends yeah. on. Uh, yes, all of them were sober. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> shout out to the uh, the uh, school board. You know, uh, I got to see you know our friends Melissa Snively, Steve Cohn on the float. You know, who very targetedly got me some beads as well. You know, so shout out for the good arms on those two. Um, no, it was a really it was a blast, and uh, my family had never gone to it before because they're not from here they just moved up here and and if you haven't been it, it really is a cool cool I'm, t- I'm telling you no one in the region is thinking about impeachment at the moment <laughs> we're just trying to survive through the Gaspar rest of this season. week this J- week get the, the rest six, of the week get weeks. to saturday let's have a great saturday right, that's right. all i'm saying maybe we'll all right. have some new uh things to look at when gasparilla is finished maybe. he's already left harness well, uh, Gasparilla now is like a month and a half. So <laughs> it's like, guys, we rent through the schedule. It's two months, but we're not talking about this right now. So we're going to keep oh on. God. I will say this. So what's happening with impeachment now that the senators? Because again, you're, I you're love. Not, you're not on camera. I don't you're care. But thanks. I keep on talking, <laughs> but it is what it is. I'm not. Again, we just said we were looking for a producer. Oh. So, oh. I will say this. Going off on the idea of. Nancy loving Joe Joe Biden's idea is is very I mean it it plays into the fact that we're what two week two and a half weeks away right. from Iowa 
the polls are showing that's crazy right now. And now you're taking all four senators out. Well, if we'll have four senators mm-hmm. left in the race, by I mean, then, they'll make it. Everyone's there. dropping like flies now. But they're not going to be able to have the impact that they no, would nowhere have. near because they have to be there for. I did not know it was six days a week. It's Monday through Saturday that, oh, yeah. that the Senate will be in session. Yeah. So they're sitting there not talking and not being able to be on the mic, which I would assume is torture for <laughs> Cory Booker and for some of these other ones. Yeah. Well, that, Booker's, Booker's that home want, now. I like, want their, like, their moment in the yeah. sun and because they can't get it in yeah. Iowa. They, they can't go there now. So I love what's happening. I will say, though, it makes it look now, again, like the establishment is already trying to pick its winner and is trying to manipulate well, they, I mean, if you look into some of the research being done on the Democratic primary and everything, and I guess we're going to we can start sliding ourselves into the Democratic primary as we do every single week, it seems like <laughs> um, it. The people well, who is that a transition that was, that was a, a really good. Transition. That was a smooth. I was one. just going to let him finish it. <laughs> you guys never let him finish it. You ruined it. You, no, they no, they ruined all my really good ones. My hard left. Oh, no, we let him dig himself into the grave anyway. So if you but if you look into that, what's going on in the Democratic primary, um, you know, all of the people who are in the Bernie camp and the Warren camp, yeah. they're really, really, as kind of expected, dug into their camp so hard that if those two are not the winners within the first few states you're going to see this massive drop off of enthusiasm for the rest of the candidates and yeah. i think that uh everyone's really worried about that on the democratic side like they're really worried that the young people are like us on on their side are no longer going to start walking for you know biden's or or, or anybody that's, like that that's exactly what's happening yeah so well and do you have... think do you think one of these people are kind of trailing towards the back so yang gabbard you know, mm-hmm. Steyer, like not you know, well, Steyer's not so much trying Steyer. to buy. No. He's trying to buy the primary. <laughs> but some of these candidates who are who are towards the end, you know, of of the list, uh, do you think any of them are going to usurp the front runners, or is that just too difficult at this point? I would be not really gonna. surprised. I'd be really surprised if anybody took out the top three. I think that again, I wouldn't well, who be. Who are your top three? I wouldn't be surprised if Bernie wins a nomination. I wouldn't be too surprised if Biden wins a, no- wins a nomination. And I think Elizabeth Warren is going to win the nomination. Those you are my, still think I Elizabeth still think, Warren I don't think anything changes. I do. And again, we're, we'll have to, we're going to tally these all up all times. I've said that on this show. And then when she ends up winning, we can come back and or add it to the, loses, add it to the, take shots on all of these. Things. Add it. Yeah. Add it to the chalkboard of all the things I've been right about on the show. And, <laughs> Which and is so, very little. It's a huge chalkboard. So anyway, very little. The oh wait, you know what? I don't think I've made the prediction. Big, but yes, very little. Stuff. I don't think I've made the prediction, so I'm going to go way off course, and I'll say that none of the three, none of the three frontrunners will be the nominee. You don't think so? You think that one of these guys are going to come out from, yes. from nowhere? From I think Iowa? it's going to be. I, I think it's going to be anybody you, that right now that's under Biden, Warren, and Sanders. So who do you? You're do you? Have you had to pick one? I know. I would have to agree on that one. <sighs> Do you, do you think that any of them? Cause well, I, I, personally, I, I I would hope it would be you know again someone like like Gabbard I think would make it make for a really interesting election, um, but you know what I, I at the end of the day I think Buttigieg might might pull it out. He, what? Yeah, I, I he has the don't. worst problem with. People of color, yeah, like no one well, is voting whole, for him. So does the Democratic Party. I mean, we've seen no, they're, Joe Biden. They're all gone from the. Well, Joe Biden. They're all has, gone from. No, no, Joe Biden. That's not the point, though. The point is, when when people of color want to elect a Democrat, they're not looking at Pete Buttigieg. They're looking at Joe Biden. Yeah. They're looking at or, or Elizabeth Warren for some odd reason. She has a pretty decent not size. Not so much Bernie Sanders. But not, and not so no. much Bernie Sanders. Pete Buttigieg has no nowhere, no path after Vermont. 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> once you get into North Carolina, Carolina, North or South Carolina, I don't he goes know. nowhere. Yeah, crazier there's things no have path. happened. I mean, Th- there again, are crazy. Things again, have nobody happened. thought Barack Obama was going to be the nominee. They they thought he was. Too I feel young. like if you heard him, they thought it was too. The, no, nobody thought he was going to be the nominee. They were putting him that on the. He was. He spoke. I, what I think it was the the cycle before convention. Yes, but going up against Hillary Clinton, nobody th- and 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 again another cast of people that we've now forgotten. Nobody thought that this kind of first term. Not even first term. He was, was like first term. he was like halfway into it. But he his, had. But you, know, but you like don't. But you. You saw Senator. the charisma was, and you saw the passion and the and the the following that came to him as soon as he started talking in places like Iowa. Right. right. As soon as he started delivering speeches, he was able to gather this following. I don't see Buttigieg having the no. same response uh, during a speech of bringing on all these people. We've and uniting also never this whole elected. And, we've also never elected a mayor. Uh, yeah, it's pretty. It's, it's, it's pretty low in the totem yeah. pole. Yeah, it's very difficult. I, oh, I agree, especially with, from Indiana. I know I, it's a hundred thousand people. I agree with you that <laughs> I, I could see a dark horse coming out after the first three, and then us seeing what Super Tuesday looks like. That I could see you, us going through you know, right now. But breaking the cardinal rule. Anyways, phones on. Jesus, Jay. <laughs> I will say. I will say this. I think. <laughs> At the end of the day, it still will be Joe Biden, unless there's a huge scandal, Burisma, that will come out <laughs> of where it goes Ukraine. Now, at this point, I don't think at this point, I don't. And I agree, and that's why I, say I don't. I think Joe Biden is going to be. I don't think Burisma even does anything. And and, think, and to and, Andrea's point, because she commented, Bloomberg, no, uh, Bloomberg, Bloomberg uh, still has no following. I don't see anybody coming through and voting no. for him. There's no movement around him. It's the money. same thing as it's, it's, the a, it's the same thing as Steyer, right? It's his people who just. They they can get enough votes to get on stage, and they can, and like you said, they can buy enough to make it to the next stage. But there's no thirty percent movement. The to worst get him thing on that there. could happen to the Democratic Party would be to allow for a billionaire to to end up their nominee, and basically buy their primary yeah. election. It would undermine yeah. their entire argument as far as economics. Sure, well, you lose forty percent of the base. Well, not on only that, I mean, immediately you're, you're, you're essentially you running. That. That's what happened to Romney. You can't say that. <laughs> You're essentially running, you know, um, I mean, personality differences aside, but you're essentially running Donald Trump against a Donald Trump. Also, Left Donald Trump also, versus right Donald Trump. Yeah, exactly. Also, but the thing is, with the Donald Trump situation. 1980 versus not, Donald Trump versus you know, 1990 he Donald Trump. He didn't buy staffers that were, if you were a staffer for, Bernie, for Donald Trump in the beginning, you were you were dedicated. You weren't you weren't getting paid. There was a very people were leaving their jobs to jump on because they didn't saw something happening. When yeah. it comes to when it comes to um, you can Bloomberg, just see the room. No one is supporting him, and if you and if you are a staffer, you don't support him anyways. You know why? Because you want that ten thousand dollar check every single month. Because that's the ridiculousness of what he's paying his staffers eight, seven, nine, ten, twelve thousand dollars a month so that they take those staffers off the board so no one else can get him. He has almost five hundred. Yeah staffers national and these are people and we know some of these people that are, t- are taking that check because it is january in the yeah. election cycle and they think and they're and they're promising their income it's for the yeah. rest of the cycle you know, which is crazy you know who fascinates me right now though is amy klobuchar and because <laughs> i so i watched part of the debate and i hadn't actually like stared at her in that amount of time for for that many for that many minutes in a row and I've never seen somebody whose hair doesn't move <laughs> and her like she I don't want to I don't want to be super derogatory about what I think she looks like. But I just feel like I look at her and I'm like people are kind of like pegging her as a dark horse and stuff, too. And I'm like, you can't oh, that would be the worst hair debate between her well, and Donald the Trump. Way she moves I can't her head, I can't the way she moves I, her head and like it, it like moves a little. 
it wiggles. Right no, it wiggles like a. Like it, I can't. I couldn't focus on what she was actually saying. We're talking was, about her hair, and this is very misogynistic. No, I don't think I've ever heard we, anything she's ever said. We talk, we talk, but we talk about Trump's hair. Too. hair I feel yeah, like no. it's the same thing. I I agree that we talk about the beauty of the Trump hair quaff. Um, I think it's real. He, um, what TV show was he on that someone touched it? No, it's it's real. <laughs> I mean, look, you know, I mean, jokes aside, my dad also has like Jimmy Johnson Trump esque kind of hair. Like it just the comb over. It's just decades of comb over. <laughs> it's just like you know, it's it's real, dude. That and a tons of Aquanet. I mean, it's just like the real deal. Oh, so and I'm almost always gonna vote for the person that uses the most like the most product. In their well, hair. Right now, it's clo- I can tell you right now, <laughs> it does not move. I can tell you this right now, a parade eighteen hours. It's and- Klobuchar right now, <laughs> and she has the most product in the hair. It doesn't move. It w- and just wiggles side to side, like so from all the different I angles. Never, no, well, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't, couldn't pay attention. Going through the rest of what happened in the last debate, which I thought was a yawn all the way until the hot mic situation. Ooh. Yes. At yeah. the end, which I love because CNN are thugs when it comes to the hot mic because they, oh, they you know it. for a fact they did that on purpose. Yeah. And CNN is as biased as they could have been because of the questions. Uh, yeah, extremely biased. That's why we have the CNN whistleblower coming to the TVYR <laughs> event on Monday night at 630. That's right. I love it. Yep. Good job. Good. See, he wears, a, he wears a suit. He, he looks good. Yeah. You can keep going. I just need to. You know, just yeah. Well, and the debate itself was so lame. That they needed something to draw people to go back and watch it or at least pick it apart, you know, because there really wasn't there other other than that moment. There really wasn't anything there that anybody was talking about or that really made any waves like in the previous debate where Buttigieg got into it with Warren. Like there was no moment like that. Uh, And uh, and then really, if anything, this saved their, their their debate coverage because uh, otherwise I don't think anybody would be talking. But would about it be it. Cons- would it really be considered the the debate when it happened afterwards? It's like yeah, it, will, it would happen stage. on the stage. Like, it happened, you know. Yeah, like really, like people are talking about what the brawl that happened afterwards. But again, the fact that we're it. You wanted them to talk about policy. You wanted them to get into it with policy. What do they talk about? Well, you said I couldn't become president when we had a conversation by ourselves, and there's no one else that can quote what's going on. Literally, yeah, she was basically trying to make him out to be a sexist. And she's I mean, the and she and her staff let it loose, um, leaked it to CNN right. the week before the before the debate. This was all such fiction and no one in the media is buying what actually happened they're saying you're telling me a man that's been saying that a woman should be president for 30 years mm-hmm. is now saying to, to warn that oh i don't think a woman can be president and not even take, saying that he's taking it out of context or she's taking it out of context it's just petty right this was a setup coordinated in-kind <laughs> donation <laughs> between the dnc and cnn to the warren campaign to the Biden campaign. And the Biden campaign. Yeah. Are I would say so. Is this a tax write-off? I don't... Are they going to get some <laughs> documentation? I don't think there's a monetary value on this, but we can probably get some... You know, I mean, the <laughs> fact that the Democrats continue to allow an independent to run on, in their party uh, just blows my mind. No, they don't you want know, him because they want him of, of course they do. But again, instead of changing the rules and saying, no, dude, you got to you know pledge allegiance to the to to the Dems you know, to yeah. be able to run as a Demo- Democrat. Well, you can't... You can't because at the end of the day, you have these people that are in the party that are so supportive, right? I mean, like they're kicking at they if 
anybody that they. Yeah, but I think if you drew the line in the sand and said, Bernie, you're either an independent or you're Democrat, but you got to make. But he has the he has the main years ago before this current cycle. But their biggest but their biggest voice in the Democratic Party is AOC and that camp. And she came out and endorsed him. So you have an entire wing of the Democrat. But they're all the wing of the party that are. What again? When Caesar was here, we were talking about this, right? About how they're they are still fighting for the heart of that party, and there's a good fifty percent of them that want that to be the party. They don't want these moderate. Yeah, Democrats. but that's what I'm saying. Look at what happened with Republicans and Trump. If yeah. Trump had run as an independent and said, you know what, I am an independent. Yeah. But you know what, I'm going to run against the Republicans. They would have said, no, screw you, buddy. Like you're either a Republican or you're not, yeah. and you're either in our primary or you're not. But the problem, and is, they they refuse to do but that. The problem is. Um, Bernie has been running with the Democrats for so long that he has 10, 15, 20% of that block already. So this is what we were talking about earlier. The moment he doesn't win the primary, that 30% is not going to support the Democrats. This isn't once but twice now. This is now twice that they screwed him over. And I have friends that are working as uh, Democrat operatives in California. And they're, they're literally having conversations at their headquarters like, well, if Bernie doesn't win, if Warren doesn't win, then we're not going to vote for Joe Biden. And that's not going to happen. Yeah. And well, that's not, what happened last time. And that's, that's what they're saying. That's exactly what happened last time. Again. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's, and that's where it's like, we, I wouldn't be surprised if Trump wins the popular vote. And you have more people out on the West and again, Coast I think that we can, vote at all. I think we can, again, end the Democratic debate conversation on this show <laughs> by saying, and this is why Trump is going to win, and we'll come back next week and we'll, we'll update you again on why he's going to win. Yeah, 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 exactly. So. Again, they just did it. They needed to bring someone that wasn't crazy, and they continue to not be able to do yeah. that. All right, so again, back to the list of topics. Thank you again so much for watching. Uh, you know, again, if you haven't seen the links here throughout the show, uh, we now got our Patreon set up. If you'd like to help us distribute the show around the country, again, all the funds. Uh, whether it be sponsorships or donations, it's all going to go to the show. None of us get paid to do this, um, uh, and sometimes it shows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, bringing up our list of topics, we've got the trade deals now. Again, huge news that got overshadowed um, intentionally, I would say, but uh, intentionally, unintentionally, uh, by all the other political news that was uh, happening and uh, distractions such as Megxit. Uh, which if you haven't caught a distraction, <laughs> more important news. All right. So <laughs> trade deals, China, Japan, um, you know, big win for Trump. Was it not? What do you guys think? So the USMCA and the China phase one deals were passed in the last last few days. I feel that it was a complete win and show of how stupid impeachment articles were because you impeach the president and then you pass umca the same the yeah. same day yeah. which means that you don't care about impeachment and then you then you do the pomp of circumstance and then phase one of china i think the phase one of china will be quite interesting what's happening it's the centerpiece of trump's deal with china as it's committed to 200 uh, 200 billion dollars in the next two years that china will be purchasing a total of 77.7 billion of manufacturing goods 32 billion in agricultural products the tariffs of 25 percent will still be in place on 250 billion or 7.5 percent tariffs on still goods that are made in china that will be remaining and negotiated for term for phase two yeah i mean i i think this is a step in the right direction is it a huge win no 
And obviously people are going to disparage the whole deal because it's not everything he wanted or everything. But again, this and anyone in business will tell you this, you know, sometimes you got to chop it up and go in pieces yeah. and kind of, you know, build your way there. And I think this is a good first step with with this. I look at it the same way as all the other deals that he said he was going to renegotiate. Right. It doesn't matter if he was the one that blew it up and pieced it back together and put in one different word in the agreement, right? He's going to do the same thing that he did with all the other agreements, right? I I redid NAFTA. I redid the Iran deal. I did yeah. and he's going to just point to all these people are not paying attention enough to understand the key differences between this China deal and the last China deal or the tariff it's too confusing for Nobody anybody. But what he yeah. can do now is when it comes to election time he can walk up to the American people and say I said I was going to be harder on China. We did this, we did this and then I was going to renegotiate a deal and he's going to tell everybody it's a better deal. He renegotiated the deal and it's better for us and you know and nobody's going to really I mean people will question it on the on the other side, right? Like they're going like you said they're going to they're going to say that everything he did was bad. It's going to make the economy worse and blah, blah, blah. But at, at, when he's standing in front of the American people, he can say, check another box. Yeah. I redid this. Right. No, that's that's a great way to put it, because that's yeah. exactly what he's done. And again, I think if given the opportunity for another four years, we're going to allow, you know, to see kind of the full execution of what he's working mm -hmm. on. And so far, the economy and economists uh, and the stock market has all agreed that we're going in the right direction. That's undisputable. I mean, that, uh, gas is under three dollars a gallon. The stock market is over thirty thousand. <laughs> yeah, the uh, stock shares. market freaked out for like a second, and then it was, and then, it, and and then people are already saying points. that there's I saw thirty thousands around the corner. I saw a tweet the other day that some one of the Republican accounts had pulled back up from two thousand sixteen, and he was like. Get all your money out of the stock market now. It's 2016. <laughs> He's like, Trump's unpredictability is going to be way too crazy. We can't trust the stock market. And he's like, I'm taking all my kids' monies out of the stock market right now. And it's like, and then the caption was like, Dow at 16,000. Yeah. And then it's like, Dow in 2019 and, you know, 2020 now at like 36,000. So it's, it's like, people warned everybody in the world, like, he's going to ruin the economy. He's going to ruin the stock market. He's unpredictable and blah. But Look how high it is well, now. I mean, look what's on going hear, on. You keep on hearing Dem uh, um, liberal pundits say that the country is in disaster. The country's yeah. on fire. That everything's everything's a disaster. Trump is destroying the America and the America. And I think to myself, are, are traffic lights not working anymore? Are people not following the rule of law? Like, what's going? I don't understand. How mm -hmm. is how is it to where you think the house is on fire and I'm just sitting here sipping tea? Clico at the top of Vale. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's, I just don't see how, I agree with you completely, right? Like, I don't see how you can shape the country right now as on fire the way that they're trying to by the time the election comes. Because I look around, and I see people in every industry, whether it be the, the home industry or, you know, that, that real estate agents are talking about it and people in the stock market are talking about it and people in regular business or freelancers, whatever you may be, everybody's looking around at each other right now, whether they want to attribute it to politics or not. And they're going like, things are pretty good right now, right? Yeah. Like everybody's yeah. in work. Yeah. Like, right. I just don't see how you can paint the doomsday picture when everybody around is like, uh, things aren't that bad. Real estate solid, business is yeah. solid. Well, and again, you know, you're looking at uh, uh, an article that came out this week. You know, where Fiat Chrysler is expanding 400 million dollars into manufacturing jobs, and in, uh, people are buying Fiats. You know, I mean, it's, it's that, they, <laughs> that's how good. That's how much money is floating around. People are buying Fiats in America. Oh my gosh, that is the soundbite right there. Hey, right, side note and topic maybe for another day. But why are there so many Maseratis in Tampa? So actually, there's a reason for that. 
It is like, the most affordable pseudo luxury car yeah. you can buy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And we have a pretty accurate huge pipeline <laughs> that gets a lot of them get shipped here. A lot of them are used. That's get so weird. Up here. All right. Anyway, there's someone on my block that has one, and I had to question. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like we, I not, I don't live in Cheval, but like, <laughs> like, damn, what is going on? Uh, and then I realized my home, my uh, na- the real estate prices in my neighborhood are shooting up. And I'm like, yeah, someone took us out some equity. Yeah, someone took took out a second mortgage oh to buy a Maserati. Yeah. I will say, and, to, uh, IP as far as the tariffs go. No, why no, did you bring it up? No, no, no. They won't, they won't let me get into China stealing our intellectual property. I'm going to save it for an entire hour one day when we just dedicate the entire show to all of the intellectual property. Oh, that's Chris, this is from the last time you're on this Well, to me, to me, that may have been the one area of this whole China deal where I wish they had been a little stronger. They're not. And, it's phase one. It, but but regardless, I, yeah, I, I don't think uh, China is, is even a business or trade ally that you can trust I, ever. Oh, no, I don't I think fully, they'll ever be that. I fully think they're going to break one or all of their of their what they're supposed to stick to in phase one. Well, you know, what we didn't include in this all the tariffs. What we didn't include in this deal is like, hey, also get rid of your concentration camps. Like we didn't we didn't include yeah, that, right? So like if they're not if we're baby not steps, baby steps. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if we're not going to do things like that where we're going to enforce, I don't know, stop putting people in concentration camps and like stop stop harvesting organs, stop, you know, coming to America and stealing all of our intellectual property from our universities. Like if we don't talk about any of that stuff, Again, I'm glad the trade deal got done, but you know, it's like there's still a lot of work to be done. Maybe in phase yeah. two or three or eight. Well, so again, I don't think they're gonna abide by all the the requirements that they're being asked to do. I will say, what's probably gonna happen is they're going to renege on one or two of their of their commitments, which is going to reset everything back over again. Which then Trump can say, look, they lied. They didn't do what they were supposed to do. I'm hitting them with a hammer. Which Americans love. When that happens, U.S. businesses are moving their manufacturings out of China into other parts of uh, Southern Asia and um, other parts of the, the world that is cheaper and they control a bit more of it. This is just hurting China more and more. Mm. And if you read into what's happening, they have the slowest um, growth ever at six, which is crazy, six percent growth uh, year over year. But I but people are saying that's completely fake. The moment China is no longer able to to lift itself up, it's going to collapse. And the moment that happens, I'll be drinking, I don't know, Chardonnay when that happens or something like that well, to celebrate the collapse all right, what, of well, the biggest country in the world. Oh, my God. All right, what do we got next uh, there, Chris? So again, uh, we've, we've talked uh, about quite a bit already, but uh, going from one corrupt government to another, uh, it's time to talk about Puerto Rico. And, you know, it hurts me because I have a lot of friends, obviously, living here in Central Florida, uh, both in Orlando uh, here in Tampa, you know, we have a huge Puerto Rican community, uh, many of them close friends. And uh, as I mentioned, and the biggest thing is, is that, you know, they they continue to throw stones at the president because he continues to have very little faith in the Puerto Rican government with with. And I think it's 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 appropriate. Um, they you know, there's people that have been arrested now, you know, for corruption. Um, and we continue to see no signs of progress politically. Um, the state in general has been pretty good about recovery and kind of turning the corner after the hurricanes. Um, but now with these earthquakes, they've kind of almost taken, you know, two steps. Well, the biggest thing right this week was the fact that there was a warehouse found full of aid. And so all those paper towels that he was out there throwing, they were in a, they were in a (laughs) warehouse somewhere that nobody was going to pick up for the rest of the country. (laughs) 
hasn't no, worked out so well stop, in several instances. Stop. Just because my skin is brown. Give it honest. Would you agree? Not, I don't. I think all foreign aid in general. It's not foreign not, though. It's domestic. There are territories. <laughs> not all of Central America no, no, no. is our territory or colony. Oh God, <laughs> this is getting I'm bad. I'm talking about America. Aid from FEMA to our Latin American territories. Yeah, how many Latin territories do we have? We have. I cannot deal with this right now. How many? A handful, at least. How many? Puerto Rico, one. Would you consider? You wouldn't consider the um, the Virgin Islands to be Two. their territory. But all there's all of these, but these places that we're talking about. There are 27 about. countries in Central and, and, and the Caribbean. So we can, so let, again, Only let's. How many are? Let's rephrase the question. This is what we, happens when you don't prep for today's topics. So, any, foreign aid does not go to Puerto Rico. I didn't say foreign aid. Ones. I said, no, he was, saying, aid. he was saying disaster relief that Fema. goes to our territories in other places. So, but then take. Take Puerto Rico, take you know the U.S. Virgin Islands, places where there's been a natural disaster. They are our territories. It's been botched, is what he's trying to say. So which, I, is, which is different than our Latin. America, I think what I, yes, I think yeah. what happens is there's been a, a long history of corruption in Puerto Rico, and it's been allowed to continue because people were not taking seriously what was happening. It was almost like a slush fund because at the end of the day, though putting money in Puerto Rico, you were almost guaranteeing a certain amount of, of uh, votes in large Puerto Rican um, congressional districts. Yeah. In New York, in some parts of the, of the East Coast, and then in South, and then in some parts of Florida. Now that can't happen because yeah. there's been such a, uh, an important like view of what's happening there. And that needs to happen. Yeah. What she did was she removed it from the... Um, the chief of uh, emergency management, and then s uh, directed it to the National Guard, which again is a military organization, which is then connected to the U.S. government to to release all those supplies, which actually went to ten distribution centers in Puerto Rico. Do I believe that our our giving aid to Puerto Rico is inappropriate and has no. been used inappropriately? I do agree that the funds are are being as corruption is being wasted. However. They are still a U.S. territory, and we need to be sending those funds there. Now, does it mean that we need to build an agency to watch those funds? I don't know, because now we're talking about another government agency. This is what I was getting at. I don't think that aid should be cut off. I think that until we have uh, a means to make it effective and make it actually perform the way it's supposed to, maybe people should over oversee it instead of the government. Instead of the I government. don't want to be able to overlook it, but Trump is already made We can't do that anymore. <laughs> it's, another, it's another impeachment article. I, again, I say that Trump has already made this comment before, that he believed that funds were not being used correctly. And it was true. Funds weren't being correctly the first time he talked about it with Puerto Rico. This now brings it up back again that he was correct that the government officials of Puerto Rico are very corrupt and that something needs to happen. And the only way that happens is with new elections. Do I think that the current governor, uh, Wanda, do you remember her last name? No. No. Nor do I care. Wanda at the moment is a huge. Hey, the ones that don't prep for the show. No, at least I knew her first no, name. You know what? You guys don't even know how many territories the U.S. has in the Caribbean. A few. You know, because uh, the truth of the matter is the truth of the matter is that Puerto Rico is accustomed to a certain way of life, and and the corruption is so deeply entrenched in the government. 
you know, that, that a majority of the island either works for the government yes. or depends on yes, the government, um, yeah. you know, financially. And so I don't, one election is not going to make a difference. Correct. Um, no, we need to find, I mean, Puerto Rico's got a lot of problems. I think there's a lot of fundamental issues that need to be worked on. And again, this is just kind of a symptom of a lot of, like you said, there's there's so much reliance on, on government aid in that in that country right. that we're not allowing them to even have like an economy. We're also not allowing them to trade freely and correctly. You know, we've got all these weird bills that are implemented that affect their, their imports and exports. And, and all of these type of things, again, Longer conversation, more in depth, uh, get a lot more nuanced detail. But that's all corruption. But, all well, of that it's, is corruption. It's some somewhat corruption, somewhat's limited an attitude on, on our side of again these are unintended consequences of bad bills that have been passed mm -hmm. during the in in, uh, in in past sessions. It's not something recent. Again, this is a long. But you're having you're having the this is the larger. We're not hitting on a larger conversation, which always comes up every four to eight years. Is Puerto Rico going to say a territory, or is it going to become a state? Or is it going to become a national, its own national country? Well, Which is the conversation that needs to happen every single time. Because again, if we're truly believing that the Puerto Rican Puerto Rico should, and the piss or get off the pot, honestly, you right, either become a state or you become your own country. But right, so it's, it's it's up to us that. No, day, it's so up I to mean, them. Some somewhat. I mean, there's got to be a movement on on their end, but on on our end. I'm telling you right now, if Trump like they, thought they, it was 32 percent. Uh, Puerto Ricans in Puerto Rico want to become its own country. Trump would sign that in a heartbeat. I, I don't know about that because again, like places like the Virgin Islands, like they've been trying to get statehood for a long time. Like they've been trying to get the ability to vote. They can't vote even though they're a territory, right? Like they right. want representation in Washington the same way. But the problem is, is that we don't give it to them. We're just like, no. You know, what I mean, like there, there's not, there's no movement in this country to give those. The people in in in, in uh, the Virgin Islands or Puerto Rico uh, voting, right? And it's a nice season number. I don't want to have to buy a new flag just because we decide to make another well, country a state. That seems like 51? That, I do feel like that's, that's so weird of a number. Like, well, that's, 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 well, that's I don't know what to do. You have to do the U.S. Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico. Now you have are, those the only, are those the only territories that you can think of right now? In the, in the Caribbean? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, on that note, uh, sorry about it. we had some technical issues. We may have lost audio for a little while. Oh, uh, oh it was it was <laughs> yeah, it was mostly over that Puerto Rico conversation. So, oh, thank uh, God. Yeah. You guys looked horrible in that conversation. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you were straw manning, to be fair. Because we you are thought like, you, you thought I said it was going to cut all aid to Latin America. You said foreign aid. Right. You said foreign aid. We That's are, why I went straight. We are moving forward. forward because into the Puerto next, Rico into the is not in Central America. So, all right, so let's go ahead and uh, move on to the next topic, which was uh, Virginia. Speaking of uh, actually more like intended consequences with bad policy, uh, you know, of course, uh, Governor Blackface, as some of them are calling him, uh, uh, Northam, you know, of course, uh, tried to call a state of emergency because of a Second Amendment rally that was to happen at the Capitol. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of went off without a hitch, no incidents. Uh, great demonstration of uh, responsible gun ownership and activism. And, uh, you know, uh, the amazing thing is that because it went off without a hitch and because there were no incidents, we're probably not going to hear much about it uh, in, the, in the greater media. Um, and, uh, and it's sad because I do think that this was a test run. Well, we are the I think media, this was, and we're going to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, no, and I think that this was a test run. You know, for liberals, 
to see yeah. how far that they how far can they push uh, the the gun rights argument. Yeah, and I think that this was a great response from from our side of things, right? Where you have yeah. twenty two thousand people standing up on day one. Like this wasn't like actually started to be implemented. They weren't trying to like take your guns the next day, but like this these set of bills that were going to come through. The reaction that that there was of again twenty two thousand people standing up. For, for our Second Amendment rights, it's a pretty amazing thing to see. And again, I think it's a great, um, you know, uh, I would say, what it's a good example to show the rest of the country what would happen if you start to try and implement laws like this, is that we have an extremely passionate population that are gonna stand up for our rights. And it's gonna happen really quickly. You saw how quickly all of those counties became sanctuary counties for the Second Amendment. The spread of that was amazing to watch. And then to see how quickly West Virginia was trolling about trying to, pass, trying to pass laws to allow counties in Virginia to secede and join West Virginia, which was, I loved it. I thought it was a great conversation. That is a great conversation because that's the thing. At the end of the day, you have all of these different counties that are here. And they, I, I love hearing from the sheriff of a county. And again, 95% of the counties of Virginia all agreed upon this, right? They were saying, we're not going to enact these laws. We're not going to do this. We're not going to take, take this kind of, um, you know, uh, you know, overs oversight from the federal government to come in here and try and take something from us. And again, it, it made it made me proud to be on the Republican side. It made me Correct. proud to be, um, you know, again on on the side fighting for for freedom. Because again, you see all these other protests that are happening across the world, right? You see Hong Kong, and you see again uh, places like Puerto Rico, but places like North Korea, like all these places that in Taiwan, like all of these places that you have protests going on of governments infringing on rights. Like, this is the first one, right? This, like, it's the second one, technically. But, like, it's, like, the first one that keeps us with the ability to enforce all the other ones before somebody comes out and tells us what we can't do. Who was like, yeah. the comedian that made the, the statement earlier? The, Chappelle. Was, Chappelle. What did Chappelle say? Chappelle said, the, he's like, I get to come up here because of my First Amendment rights, and the second one's there in case somebody decides to try and mess with the first one. Yeah. And he had and a I, great joke about it last great. week. Yeah. Right. He said exactly right. I, I will say this. This kind and you're and I'm, and for some reason, I've been nerding out about this, watching the, the online county protests and them having multiple sheriffs from every single county in Virginia saying that, look, we're going to switch over to a sanctuary county. Yeah. I say Virginia turns red, honestly. I think this, this is, is a big, such a big, big deal, deal. that has enraged the... And it's it's not the 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 metropolitan areas of Virginia, because all those people live and work in the Beltway. It's Virginia proper. It's all those additional counties that have been slipping away lately into the into Democratic hands. I think there's going to be a wave of Republicans, especially one now that. And I think we can say this now: that nothing crazy has happened in Virginia since the rally started yeah. earlier this morning. Which and you were worried, and which you would have thought after reading all the news articles that there yeah. was going to be uh, an overthrow of the Capitol. In of Virginia, yeah. because you truly thought that what people wanted. That's because if they would have taken the next step where they were trying to confiscate, then, <laughs> then you would see the overthrow, then you would see the, the march on the Capitol, but that's not what was happening there. But again, it's a great, I, I like seeing that response, right? Like, I want, I want people to be out in the streets when people are trying to do this kind of thing. I really do want to see what happens. Because yeah, I've always made the joke that you can, you can talk all you want when it comes to gun, confiscating guns from New York 
all the way down to the southern line, uh, but then trying to cross the Mason-Dixon line is going to be impossible to start confiscating guns. Was there actually a confiscation conversation? No, there wasn't, and that's what people are worried about. So, no, the governor was making comments that if your model was already purchased before the law, they were going to retroactive to where they were going to be, they almost got a clawback clause. And that was then people were trying to call. Uh, people were trying to say, well, then you should call the the National Guard and to bring to take the Michael's gun. It it just snow. And it probably has nothing to do with reality. It just snowballed well, because people were freaking out. And that's what I'm saying. It it was people were freaking out because of the idea of someone taking guns. And that is so personal. For well, so it, wasn't, many it wasn't necessarily the idea. I mean, yeah, there was like eight bills introduced that pushed on this. And again, the next logical step when you have something that goes this far is to step in and start like confiscating them, like retroactively saying, well, you can't have this one. Or they had, they had one that was, you can only buy one gun per month, one hand yeah. which is, really it, again, Absolutely it, it's just one of these things that all of these different pieces come together and people get really upset. Well, you're telling Americans not to do something. You can't do that, that. is automatically going to force them to want to buy 12 guns and 300 rounds of ammunition, which I assume means a lot. I don't know. <laughs> not really, that's a day. There you go. Pop it up. But again, you're telling Americans not to do something. We're going to do it anyways. I mean, and we can digress into like the war on poverty, the war on drugs, and you tell people not to do something they're going to do anyways, but I digress. So Chris and I had a conversation before the show regarding uh, large gatherings like this. So we can have 10,000 law-abiding Second Amendment supporters and five pieces of trash who will ruin the entire demonstration and turn that entire two-way demonstration into a, a prime example for the left to look down on us. Yep. So. One thing that I saw, a couple of examples today, there was one person talking about killing somebody, and he was like, I'm a libertarian, this is what we believe in. And another guy was like, no, I'm a libertarian, this is not what we do. And this guy was shouted down by the entire crowd. Yeah. It was amazing. And, and that's the kind of story you do hear coming out of places like this, where, where there's 22,000 people, right? Like, I can tell you, if you take 22,000 people and put them in a room, there's probably a lot of bad people out of 22,000, right? Even if it's one out of every 500. So, like you're saying, there are... There are bad actors within, you know, again, the group this large. And but what ends up happening is, like you said, the Democrats and, and the media will go and they'll pull out that one person, and they'll be like, "Look at this Second Amendment." Me. Yeah, I mean, and then they'll be like, "Look at this Second Amendment rally, and look at these, you know, terrible Republicans. They, they, you know, they're doing all this terrible stuff. They're ruining the country." And again, yeah, that's how you end up getting legislation like this passed in the first place. But at the end of the day, I don't care. At the end of the day, <laughs> honestly, as a Republican, you have to be prepared to take on that fight. You know, as a Republican, as a conservative, as a libertarian, that the media is going to take anything you say and twist it. They're going to do anything they can to make you look at the bad guy. So Republicans that are watching this and that know and that are going to go to these rallies, you know you have to be as 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 poised yeah. as possible. Because one, you taking the day off of work as a Republican is something that's not going to happen. <laughs> so right there, a lot of Republicans are not going to be at these rallies where I don't how on earth do they have a women's day in the middle of the week? My mom made a comment, she's like, do none of these women work? And I was like, oh, they probably do, but they're also like white liberals from like New Hampshire, and of course they don't work. And so I don't understand where people get upset, where they they, they like, yes, because I, I get it, that one bad apple is going to make us look bad, but as Republicans, they always do that to us. So we yeah. always have to be ready for that. Oh, of course. But I think uh, for centrists and people who are undecided, it can be a very bad look for us. So I, I agree we shouldn't dictate our behavior based on bad apples. 
do you think that the rallies are the best way to put our message out there and is a more effective way that would allow us to put our message out there the risk of being exposed? I think there's definitely better ways of doing yeah. it than a, than a rally, right? 20,000 people is kind of out of control, I mean, of, of being able to, like from like a Republican messaging standpoint, right? Like you want to be able to fight this kind of thing in, um, in legislation and you want to be able to do it through the media and putting out informative um, you know, maybe messaging and things like this, like going on a podcast and talking about it, right, if you're yeah. a legislator. But again, um, at the end of the day, when, when you have bills that start passing through, it, people end up uprising, right? And like it comes out of your control, becomes it, out of the hands of, you know, the messaging of the Republican Party. But, or but you're like seeing it now that the rallies are working. Again, I don't know if something has come up in the last two like two hours while no. being on, online, so. and if we could have someone do a quick search to make sure we don't want someone that shooting Richmond, then yeah. I think we'll be fine. But I will say this: rallies like this matter. Showing out and mm -hmm. showing your support for something matters. Yeah, there's a reason why they keep they get so, um, liberals get so upset that Trump could fill a 40,000 person yeah. uh, arena like this and, then, and then have an extra fifteen thousand people waiting yeah. outside. They hate that because they don't know how to make their rallies transition into votes. Trump did that in the last election. Bernie, for as big of the rallies that he pulled, never translated that into votes. And we'll see that now if he can do that again. I don't know how we had jumped back into I don't want to go <laughs> no, back. No, we're not going back. But we're not going into the Democratic debate. We're actually going to move forward, and we're going to go into the legislative And I'm actually in Florida. I'm really upset on the fact that we're going to go into this. And the only reason why <laughs> Is because I think they're doing a great job, which they are saying they're they're doing their job and they're showing the fuck up. And because of that, I am perfectly happy not hearing about them. However, we are having a great treat right now, having a good friend of the show and mine personally, uh, Matt Lettler, on the show at the moment. So if we can go to camera. Yeah, we, we transitioned number. out of uh, the Johnny was sitting there. You're not seeing things. I'm so, not Johnny. Not, no, you're, you're not, not Johnny. We've upgraded to a person <laughs> with a tie. <laughs> Jonathan Torres. I'm just getting from the uh, Indiana University Bicentennial Celebration over at Capitol Grill, so uh, it's 200 years since the Indiana Legislature founded Indiana University, so we're right. celebrating that today, and now I'm here with you all. Uh, Great. Happy to be here. Awesome. Thank you coming. Across the bay. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't do that often. Keep it between us, you know? We, we don't right. do that often, so we appreciate you. <laughs> you guys have to get shots to come over to see us. We, that, uh, I, I will, will comment. Honestly, the only time I'm over the bridge is like with drinks from that. So that's all I'm going to say there. I will, I have one comment to make on the Second Amendment, though. Sure. Just real quick. Go for it. Um, you know, we're talking about gun, uh, sun's out, guns out. Yeah. Well, uh, unable, the sky's out, thighs out. Today. <laughs> <laughs> no one is telling him not to wear shorts when it's 48 degrees. First that of all, first of all, <laughs> I did my duty <laughs> celebrating MLK Day presidents, uh, president, uh, at the parade okay. at MLK. And I was not going to wear vodka. And I wasn't going to wear long pants while I'm sitting in the sun, even though I drove a truck. So, <laughs> it was cold. Now when you're standing there for three, four hours waiting for the parade to start moving. The skies were out today and your thighs obviously were out. Well, so. I'm wearing very fashionable pants from Lululemon. And so... <laughs> I don't think they make Anyway. Uh, so we're moving... Let's You guys see how hard it is for me transition from one topic to another. Oh, I love it when you do it wrong. So, <laughs> so Matt Leather, what are your opinions on, do we talk about the second amendment? Do you want to continue that? No, no, I'm, I'm good. Okay, <laughs> so what are, what can we expect for this season, for this session coming up? The season, the session, well, uh, I actually was up there this past week, um, attended the opening day session in the state of the state with uh, 
Governor DeSantis. And, uh, you know, the biggest issues up there right now are teacher pay. Sure. Finding the money in the budget. Um, you know, what do you cut from X to be able to fund Y? We have to have a balanced budget in the state of Florida. That's a constitutional mandate. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, that's the big thing is where you get the money. Uh, number two, um, really the E-Verify yeah. debate is going to be huge. Um, it looks like there's been a deal cut. Uh, Senator Joe Gruder's has uh, offered up a, uh, basically a compromise saying, all right, E-Verify, but only if you are a government or that you have government contracts in the state yeah. or cities. So, uh, you know, we'll see how that flies. Um, but then uh, Speaker Oliva, he really uh, kind of laid on the table and said that we're not going to spend our way into caring for people. Doing things is the way that you care for people. Sure. And the biggest thing that's on his agenda, it seems, is uh, scope of practice for uh, nurse practitioners, that they can serve people up to the level of their training not just what the legislature or what the state law currently mandates. I love I love that niche of a, 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 of a topic because you should not limit someone because of what a government agency is requiring them to do. If they have the training, if they have the proper education, they should be able to assist and be able to provide that practice. And they do it with a much less cost than going into a doctor's or something like that. So and it allows for more people to be able to get that mandate. Yeah, a number I heard earlier was, you know, if you go see a nurse, nurse practitioner because you have the flu and they give you, they're able to prescribe yeah. you Tamiflu or something like that, it's like 55 bucks. If you go to a doctor's office, they bill insurance for about $100. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's it's a bigger issue, right, than just than what he's trying to do because there's a, there's a problem there. If it costs $1,100 or something, that should cost 50 um, that's that's where a lot of the insurance playing around and there goes and again hopefully at some point we'll take care of that whether it's at the state or the, or the federal level but I, I do think a lot of things you hit on are really important right like obviously man, teacher pay is going to be a massive one I mean you just saw this uh, big demonstration there talk about rallies uh, just a few days ago with, with all the teachers up there you know uh, fighting for, for better pay and again our, our governor has said that he's going to do that right like he's going to raise all the minimum salaries so uh, I guess do you do you see it as something that where they're going to cut from something more important, or do you see that being cut from anything in particular, or just going to be kind of a combination of different things, or, or some, is some big program going to get cut in order to pay for this? Well, don't forget, in the state of Florida, the governor can't do anything when it comes to the budget because he, he only has line item veto. Sure. And because he has line item veto, he's really not going to go um, veto the entire budget. So you're not going to see and say, oh, well, you didn't give my teachers the funding, so I'm yeah. going to veto everything and make everyone come back for a special session. I mean, he could, mm -hmm. but unlikely unless there's drastic differences between what he wants and what the legislation was for. Um, but the other thing is, is that you got to look at the other priorities. Visit Florida. Yeah. I mean, that's a big thing for the governor, big thing for the state senate. But Speaker Oliva says, get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And that's $50 million. Yeah. So, you know, uh, there was an article that came out the other day that... Um, Chair uh, Chris Lavala, uh, yeah. has he been on the show? Maybe no, not, yet. Yet. not yet. Yeah. Um, but he uh, he had his committee go through all the education funding mm -hmm. and find money for K through twelve education. Yeah. They found four hundred twenty six million dollars oh, that wow. they were they were that they're basically able to you know eliminate programs, redundancies, etc and put towards the teacher base. So now they're only about hundred million. You would think that they would do that every year. Um, and I've actually <laughs> talked to a couple state reps yeah, yeah. Uh, about them doing that every year. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not laughing about that. So, okay, I guess I'm supposed to be closer to the microphone. Um, 
<laughs> anyway, so besides besides teacher baby, we're gonna need you to get it. I I could try and get it together, Johnny. Wouldn't it's all around. Wow, <laughs> they can call him out. I have to. So we do have some um, Republican teachers that have been communicating with us in the underground uh, teacher chat for Republicans in, in your house. No. Wow, just calling out the numbers that I'm right there. Great. Now, now I'm going to get a conversation about this. Uh, no, there actually is a, uh, like a group chat of Republican teachers, which is so funny. Right? Like, right? No. It's like, yeah, it's like, everyone to keep it together. And they're, they're, the larger conversation with the teacher pay is that they don't agree with the fact that, because some teachers are just now getting up to the point where it's 56 to 50 to $55,000 a year. And these teachers have been in for, for five yeah. to eight years, and now you're having a conversation that just going right in at 50. And that's causing a huge problem within the teachers' ranks right now. And so I, I would love to see how that conversation gets flushed out because you're going to have a lot of teachers now so upset yeah. that we're having a problem retain, with retainment because they're getting upset with the fact that they're not being kept up to where they should be. So, well, it's not my purview. A lot of the teachers that you see don't want to see a starting salary that's at you know, 48, 49, I guess number two in the country for a starting future salary. They want to see a flat raise yeah. for everybody. Yes. Um, and I mean, I understand there are sure. If I've been working there for 10 years and I'm only making $49,000 now, why should someone that just graduated college yeah. is going to be a starting teacher in elementary school be making $49,000 a year? Yeah. And I'm only making 52 now. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it's a valid, completely valid complaint. Um, when we when we kind of dove into this when it was first proposed, you know, I I see a lot of good that can be done with it and attracting the right people into the profession versus again it being this this really low paying profession that. that why people don't end up going into because the starting salary is so low and then you know even midway through the career so um i think it's a good starting point and hopefully it can be pitched as a good starting point and, and again the teachers that are upset about you know the fact that they haven't re retroactively made as much uh maybe their their raises will you know come a little bit farther down the line but i think it's a good start and i think it's a good priority again if there's 500 million dollars in in kind of redundant program money I, I don't think it's a bad place for it to go compared to a lot of other places that can go right i mean it, it's not i don't think it's a waste to invest in education nearly as much as a lot of other things that we waste on yeah but no, you say investing into education that that has a lot of spigots that can go into it does when it comes to pay when it comes to education educating teachers when it comes to um infrastructure of classrooms i mean florida a tampa itself or hillsborough county just imposed mm -hmm. an extra tax to increase the infrastructure and they haven't fixed anything either. They have fixed some things, and then those some things are now broken. <laughs> so I don't know how, what's happening in Hillsborough County. Again, I don't want to hear but, about over. So the bringing it back home, like mm -hmm. things that are, that are just Tampa Bay area, yeah. or the St. Pete Clearwater Tampa area, as I like to call it. You mean um, the Tampa Bay area? No, yeah, the St. Pete Clearwater Tampa area. <laughs> Tampa Bay area. Um, <laughs> but you know, T. Barta, that is something yep. that has been around for several years. Jack Latvala, Senator Jack Latvala, you know, created it. It came out. Then there was no money. And finally yeah. last year, they actually got significant funding, $1.5 million, yeah. but not reoccurring. So now you have David Green, the, the executive director of T-Barta, having to go back up yep. and ask for $1.5 million more just to keep the lights on, just to keep them doing what, what they need to and do. And that's a, that's, a, that's a deeper conversation that we could have, right? Because we've got these two other agencies that are sitting underneath them as well. We've got our, our heart and then the PSTA on both sides. Um, especially PS. Well, they're not exactly <laughs> I, underneath them. Well, sorry, not exactly. That's, I guess that's kind of my point, right? You have these two other agencies that effectively do the same thing just for like, you know, their side of the bay. 
and they don't cooperate necessarily in the, in the ways that they need to cooperate. And then T Barta, I, in theory, you could merge them all, right? You could merge them all and actually have a, a unified, <laughs> you know, regional plan when it comes to transportation, right? That crazy thought. Maybe you get but, some economy. SCT Regional Transit Authority. I like it. We'll we'll work on we'll work on the name. You know, Tampa Bay. SPCT. Yeah. Yeah, Tampa Bay. So I feel that there are other parts that are happening right now. I will say that. I'm liking where the direction of this of the leadership is yeah. heading in regards to what's happening in session right now. Yeah. And I like the new leadership that's coming on board. Do you see any pitfalls that might occur this coming session? I mean, you know, I mean, I work for the St. Peter Chamber of Commerce, so I'm focused on the business side of things, but it is the social issues. There's mm-hmm. going to be a heartbeat bill that is going to, you know, make waves. Is it going to go anywhere? Most likely not in the Senate, maybe mm. in the House. Mm. Um, you're going to see, uh, once again, the um, uh, anti-discrimination uh, bill that uh, Carlos Guillermo-Smith, Jen Webb, always put forward. Um, it's gaining more and more co-sponsors from Republicans. Uh, the equality the, the, bill? This is, yeah, the, the equality bill. This is, this is to, basically, you cannot get fired. You can't be re- re- refused a hotel room. You can't re- be refused housing. Um, based on your gender or sexual orientation or mm. uh, what it's have you. Redundant. Um, well, so there's an argument that it isn't because um, when it comes to transgenders is, is really where, where it runs into. And it's, the, it's really the bathrooms. Um, and that's where the big holdup is um, for many conservatives, um, especially in the, in the Florida House, to not even give it a hearing. So, um, sure. you know, that that's that's one of those issues that uh, does touch on the business side of things, but that you the Democrats are getting closer and closer every year to getting at least a hearing on this. It's going to pass one of these days. One of the one of the things that I've seen, the only the only news that I've seen from Tallahassee in the past <laughs> couple of weeks has been from from the national side of things like NBC and Washington Post coming down on Republicans and a lot of Republicans from this area that we know that are saying that they're anti LGBT mm-hmm. they're um, you know uh, what, what else what are other terrible things that they say about <laughs> us like that we basically hate all of these different things we're anti-gay anti-trans all mm-hmm. these and, and based on all these bills but that's not necessarily what all of these bills do I mean do you want to talk at all about what was introduced and kind of like the backlash that they're going to face probably the entire session now yeah I mean just from a factual standpoint I mean there was a bill filed that um, only put forward uh, that you could not do the um, uh, how, what, what's the term they use that um, the basically that pray the gay away yeah that you couldn't have the, the conversion the, conver- yeah. the conversion yeah. therapy thank you the conversion therapy um, for they, that could not be um, be funded mm-hmm. um, and so there is uh, or, that's right that that could that that you could allow that that mm-hmm. you couldn't have a ban on that at the local level. Uh, I think Hillsborough County has a ban on that. Uh, there's several other areas yeah. in, in the state that have a ban on that. So basically preempting those bans, uh, you know, much like straws. But um, so that that is the only openly like, okay, this is absolutely geared towards something that the LGBT community advocates mm. against or for, however you want to look at it. Um, the other bills had to do with, um, you know, preemption of local ordinances but on a really wide scale. And it was Equality Florida who kind of looked at the worst case scenario. Like, okay, if this passed, an argument could be made that this ban would be preempted. Even though it's not set set there in the uh, the bill, 
It's not absolutely targeting it. But worst case scenario, hunting horribles, hey, if you did this, that means I can't that this can't happen. And that's not okay with that organization. So um, they were able to put all three, I think it's three or four bills together and lump it in based on the first bill and uh, get NBC to, you know, run a big story on it, et cetera. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think uh, I think all the bills have no chance of getting through both sure. both chambers and a governor's signature. Um, so then I guess, but I guess from live a, is right now. Then for, for more of a political standpoint, then right. We, I, we're watching some, you know, Republican politicians kind of go out on a limb to put these type of bills out. And I guess it's, if, if they know it's not going to pass, it's more of a statement on our side, but then again, you know that the backlash is going to come from a national standpoint now um, and brand, you know, Repu- Floridian Republicans as, as anti-gay, as anti-trans and everything like that. And if, if it, almost feels like it was um now we've got all this attention on us for something that we don't even necessarily all believe and it's also something that we're all not like we're all not we're not sitting here on this podcast advocating for these things right these are things that are just like getting getting thrown in there and it's like but now you know when we when i go out to uh any event and i'm like you know hey i'm the head of the tampa republicans they're like oh you mean that group that probably advocates for this anti-trans bill this anti i mean that's the narrative now it's going to happen around the the country and it's it's, it's frustrating you're going to get that no matter yeah yes uh, yes you but can't stop things coming out of like the panhandle that from like one le- one representative pushing this sure. one bill so like again we're all o- again republicans are always going to get bashed on because we're republicans and it's an easy target so uh having a history with the tampa Bay young republicans yeah. uh back in 2013 i believe it was mm-hmm. uh when the defense of marriage act was struck down mm-hmm. by the supreme court uh, there were Tampa Bay young Republicans that went over to the Pride Parade in St. Pete and sure. held a sign "Republicans against DOMA." Yes, because it was a federal overreach into the state into states' rights. Mm. And, and then we filed a, um, a, a statement piece mm-hmm. in the media and released it as a press briefing of our um, our support when it came no, our disapproval of DOMA. Yeah. and why we thought DOMA was infringement of rights. Sure, and as and any Republican should be against DOMA. And so we've done it before as an organization. Uh, as young Republicans, we've done it before where we've set a standard for young Republicans and to move forward. Mm-hmm. And we have to always be that group of people that, that preempted those conversations. Yeah. And again, if someone's going to say that all Republicans are, are bigots or anti-LGBT, then they're always going to believe that. Nothing is ever going to say that. Nothing I ever say, oh, the last... Um, president uh, or last chair of TV, or FFYR was an open homosexual and they're never going to care about that. They're, they don't care mm-hmm. because they believe every Republican is anti-gay and they are so blinded by that hate of a Republican that they're never going to believe otherwise. Do you think that as far as LGBT rights have gone, we've, we've covered most of that. Everything, we're on the same page. Do you think it's gone from you can't do this to me to you must do this for me? Like as in like the cake baking situation, make, forcing others to do bend to your will. So, I mean, I think that that's one of the biggest arguments of our time and, you know, that the Supreme Court has mm-hmm. weighed in on and will continue to weigh mm-hmm. in on is where do my rights end and yours begin? You know, uh, there's an old saying, you know, my rights end at uh, your nose and your toes. I can't hit you, but I can say whatever I want to you. Mm-hmm. And you can get right up into here. But um, at what point does that actually start to infringe on others' rights? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is the the abortion debate. This is the gay rights debate. This is, you know, anything having to do with sexuality, social issues, sure. et cetera. So, I mean, that is the greatest debate of our time. And, you know, you're seeing a Supreme Court right now that even though it's it's 
you know, mostly Republican um, appointed justices on the mm-hmm. Supreme Court, they're still pretty split on it. You're seeing a re- Republican yeah. appointed justice go either way, depending on the issue. What, and and that's are there so, any I, yeah let's you're gonna go back to the yeah, i was gonna say is there any other issues that you see coming through the for the legislative yes. session that are either a really important to either tampa bay or that you're watching really closely or you know that you're really excited about um i mean what i'm really excited about just from st pete because we are really um like the arts one of the biggest arts communities yeah. in florida mm-hmm. i mean miami St. Pete. I mean, it really goes. Yeah, we've got our Basel. We've got Shine Music Festival, etc. So um, just having the Dolly Museum put you up there. The, the, the Dolly, the Museum of Fine Arts. We've got the Arts and Crafts Museum that's opening later this spring. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we really are a great arts community. Tampa's great, great arts community as well. Um, but the it, arts, the arts funding, it forces me to cross a bridge. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. For that re- I love, I love the art scene that's occurring in St. Pete. I love yeah. the art scene that that is blossoming in many parts of the county. I do have questions about that art installation that just got put down or they had to refix it. What, how much did that cost? Okay, 40 so something million dollars? <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna 40, make it. 40 something million? Well, four million. Yeah, Where's yeah. my yeah, dot you're, 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 you're dot, your dot? Your dot's a little, for, a little far away. Uh, so yeah, there wasn't a really a follow-up story there, but um, basically there was a catch in the in the netting that once it was shipped down from um, from uh, Jan Eckelman's uh, shop where she built this thing and then it gets packaged and shipped down to Florida and there was a catch in something when they when they pulled it up so everyone saw this thing go up they're like oh it's up it's up it's up and then it, something wasn't right so they had to bring it back down to get fixed and they knew that people were gonna say yeah. oh it's got brought down like something big's going on it's like no this is a small issue it's back up now they're <laughs> fixing the lights they're doing it early in the morning it's gonna be beautiful it it's it's beautiful it, it, it is it is very so cool. as far as so as far as the bills go that you're going to go before so, no, so, stopped it, you. No, yeah so sorry yeah, i got interrupted <laughs> but um no it's 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 really uh it comes down to the uh Div- division of cultural affairs from the uh, department of state they have a grant program that there's, I think it's $57 million mm. of projects that were submitted to this program to be vetted and they're listed. And there's the f- number one through like number 50 or number 250 something. And it's $57 million worth of projects. And how, whatever level that is funded is how many projects get funded yeah. in that. The problem is, is that you have people that don't go through that process because they have a powerful legislator that is willing to run their own personal project for them. And so those projects make it in and at the expense of that program, which has actually been vetted by a nonpartisan, you know, no um, allegiance to a certain area, yeah. whether it's Miami, Tampa, St. Pete, et cetera. It's just like, okay, this is a good project. They've done all their, they've done all their P's and Q's. We're good. Um, so really, uh, Chris Brawls actually spoke to the, um, St. Pete Arts Alliance and, and other people in, in Pinellas and said, Hey, look, if you want a project, put it into that. Don't go to your mm-hmm. legislator. Don't come to me. Mm-hmm. Don't go to Nick DeSegli. Don't go to Wenge Newton, Daryl Rousson. We want to fund this at a hundred percent, but we can't when there's other art projects and there's a center that says, I'm going to hold up everything in my committee unless this project gets through. Mm-hmm. Sure, that and that's that's that is exciting because it probably means that there's going to be a lot more projects that do get through and, and hopefully it's more, yeah. more efficient. Exactly, it's a superior yeah. way to do things as well. Well, I like to um, be the one that thanks you for coming on um, to the show. We love your input and your mind when it comes to what's happening in Tallahassee because God knows none of us wanted to go to Tallahassee to deal with any <laughs> of that crap. Um, you were just there. I saw you there. 
What are you talking about? <laughs> You're wearing pants, either. though. <laughs> it gets colder no, thank, there. thank you all very much so for having cool. me on. I'm happy to come back uh, anytime. Talk. Was there was there anything uh, in in kind of summary or final that you wanted to talk about as far as something that you're seeing at the legislative uh, session at all? No, not at the legislative session, but before I head out, uh, if anyone is over in St. Pete on Thursday, uh, the St. Pete Chamber of Commerce is having our annual meeting and uh, tickets are available online and would welcome anyone come to that. It's going to be a great meeting with s- several surprises that uh, mean a lot for the, the St. Pete Clearwater Tampa area. Awesome. Well, we love to support chambers for the Tampa Bay area. And with that, thank you, Matt Littler. <laughs> thank y'all very much. Thank you. Thank you. So let's switch the, there we go. And let's see how <laughs> delicate this looks with Matt. So sneaking delicate. Around. Hey, did better job than Johnny. It's, <laughs> I know it's, it's the yoga that he does um, in St. Pete beach. I will say though, I can't wait. Is the pier done yet? I don't, is the nope. pier? Oh no, it's not. It's never getting done. Never. So <laughs> let's, let's, we're not talking about the pier. So I, I guess then we're to kind of close up the show. Um, it is MLK Day. Yes. Uh, so one of us made it to the parade today, and <laughs> I was and in the parade. In baby. the in the parade, dies out everything, uh, just like MLK wanted, and <laughs> that's <laughs> what we were talking about. Uh, uh, but th- there's there's again there's. Um, uh, there, there are great parades going on around the country, particularly yeah. in Tampa's got a great parade. Um, and it, it is important to, you know, again, we're, we're a Republican show. We're Tampa Bay Young Republicans, everything. And, and as little credit as we get for, you know, I feel like trying to bridge racial gaps or trying to bridge, you know, any sort of gap anywhere, I feel like, you know, we do try our hardest to, again, live by a lot of the words that he's trying, you know, was 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 putting out there during um you know during the movement yeah and again uh, whether you disagree with us politically or not i think that again that our, our hearts are, all seem like we're in the right place when it comes to again a lot of policy that comes out um whether it be uh, social issues or um you know uh, other injustice issues and again we we try and do our best to you know again treat everybody equally and 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 live under well, and I would just say that, you know, regardless of whether you believe uh, that he was a Republican or not, right, because that's kind mm-hmm. of a common theory out there and nobody's really sure, you know, as to the legitimacy of that claim, mm-hmm. you know, I think the greater uh, the, the greater thought behind that is is that, he, you know, he, he was obviously the leading civil rights advocate, um, you know, and there was a picture from today's uh, gun rally in Virginia where you had, you know, white citizens, black citizens, Hispanic citizens all together in support of the Second Amendment which yeah. I think is very much in line with what he would have wanted and what he you know wants to see for this mm-hmm. country and that despite you know all the negative rhetoric that you hear in the news and and certainly the things that are said about this administration and how people try to polarize the climate of this country the truth of the matter is that it's never been a better time to live in the United Correct. States yeah. um, and and yeah it's not perfect you know but racial tension and racism isn't even exclusive to the United States no. you know and oftentimes uh you know, I, I feel like there are people out there that try to make the case that it is. Um, but one of the things that I love about this community is that, you know, I don't I don't feel it here, you know, and I know there's been mm-hmm. some issues in certain parts of the Bay Area that, you know, where it has been an issue. But, you know, we've you know, we're still a young enough city yeah. and metropolitan area where we've been able to learn from those mistakes. And yeah, move on. I, I think it's a lot more rare here in this area and even Florida to, to a greater extent compared to a lot of other places. I mean, if you 
if you travel into a lot of other again like you said older cities that that kind of have um you know things like slavery that what much more part of their history um and not that it's not a part of florida history but you know it's more ingrained in 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 their past you see a lot more uh more of that but here again and here like you said in tampa and in florida i i think that again um it, it, things are pretty good here, and again, while there's a little bit of tension sometimes, I think that generally it's, it's pretty good. And that was done because, and I will give a lot of credit to our leadership in regards to that. The leadership of Hillsborough County, the leadership of Florida, that has always been able to, when something does flare up, they're able to tackle it, and they don't mm-hmm. let it fester like yeah. other other states do. And so we hit it as quickly as possible. When it comes to Hillsborough County, I will, I, I completely agree. I've lived here my entire life in different parts of the county, and you don't see the the rampant racism that you hear about in other parts and you used a great word was which was rhetoric mm-hmm. which doesn't mean that it's true or not it's just mm. talking points yeah. that people throw out there and as a hispanic brown man big brown guy i've ne- in this county and in many parts of this country i've never felt safer yeah as a as a young hispanic male and i will have to give credence to our sheriff department our, our i was i was at the mlk i was walking for all oh, for i was walking for danny alvarez who's running for uh circuit court and just to watch people interacting with police officers and there was a white brown black i mean i even I even pointed out Koreans in the in the audience, which I thought Peter Chang was there for a moment. I was like, "That's not oh. Peter." <laughs> and then, but once you realize that at, at the MLK that it's everyone is there, everyone's having a great time. People are doing cookouts, people are giving out food. Right. The cops are everywhere and are protecting and making sure that there are no incidences, and everyone is loving on everyone. That's how exactly how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I wish it wasn't that we only do this once or twice a year, but it. it that people see it happening all the time. Well, and I would say this. I would say that, you know, for people who, you know, merely observe this holiday kind of on the surface, you know, to actually take the time, you know, and say, okay, well, I know plenty about Martin Luther King because it comes around every year. It's taught in school, you know, but I'm continually fascinated by African-American history and just how deep, it is, you know, and not only here in Florida, but across the country. I mean, and we're having developments every single day, you know, here in Hillsborough County, you know, there's a big issue right now that we're trying to figure out how to solve with the black cemeteries sure. that have been discovered, you know, underneath. Although it doesn't uh, seem like there's much of a controversy about it. No, that. it's not it's a controversy, a, just, but it's, it's a discovery. It's you know, now it's, what to do with it to make sure everyone right. is respected and uh, yeah. everyone's compensated yeah. and do we, how do we move it? Cause but it's if, part of our history yeah, that people exactly. are com- we're completely sure. unaware of, and now we have the technology to realize hey wow there this was you know there was there was an actual cemetery here that we need to respect and then how do we go about transitioning towards that to show it the proper respect it deserves yeah i've never uh, when on the business side of it you would think there would be more upheaval in regards to stopping the development and not letting it happen no you hear okay let's figure out a way to um, excavate Excavate, yeah. yeah, that those materials and move it to a cemetery where it would be properly buried because a lot of these are un are unmanned, yeah. and so that's a big issue, but not causing controversy. No, I don't. Which see is again, no. having good communication with the communities, having good communication with law enforcement and the government and the and the local government allows this for a smooth transition. So, I mean, at, at, at an hour and a half, does anybody else have any other final announcements? Well, I think, you know, it's a good opportunity to kind of tease uh, next week's show. Uh, we haven't quite figured out whether we're going to do it before the meeting <laughs> so or after the it. meeting. <laughs> but, you know, next week's, you know, maybe we can have your your guest speaker for the Tampa Bay Young Republicans mm-hmm. on as maybe a guest of the show. Uh, but certainly tell them what's happening yeah. at your meeting next so, week. So 
we're not 100% sure of how we're going to work it into the show, but something's going to happen next week with the show, so tune in. Um, as far as Tampa Young Republicans go, next week we've got, again, I, I talked about it last week and the week before, uh, come out to our meeting at the Barrymore Hotel Monday at 6.30 p.m. We have Carrie Porch. He was the CNN whistleblower that worked with Project Veritas. And again, Project Veritas is working with us this this next week, uh, putting together a video kind of uh, summarizing the expose that they did uh, with all the CNN's bias that they came out earlier, late, or I guess last year at this point. Um, again, uh, we also have Tampa Young Republicans elections. So if you want to get more involved with Tampa Bay Young Republicans, please do come out, uh, get involved 2020. It's obviously a massive year. And, and again, I think we have a fun time and our events are fun and they're free and we get to talk like this and uh, just isn't any mics around and so it just gets even even more fun well and i'll talk to chris carter who again is a former cnn yeah. stage director producer type person mm-hmm. um and see if he can join us for that show because i think it's going to be relevant especially if sure. we can get your guests on the show as well for them to kind of give us some you know deeper insight as to what really the atmosphere is like you know in inside cnn sure yeah absolutely so that that's that's my plug um has anyone said hi to senator simpson Huh? He he probably tuned out somewhere <laughs> after somewhere somewhere after I one of our three times. Yeah. <laughs> so well, Chris, thank you so much for being on the show again. Thanks for having. You me. know, a little bit of a last minute situation, but it's kind of been par for the course for you being on the show. So <laughs> we appreciate way. it. It's yeah, it's turned out to be a really good thing for <laughs> us. We appreciate it. Last week. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Not not too much. Uh, of course, Jake, Enable, you know, thank you guys as always for being on the show. Don't forget, you can support the show on Patreon, patreon.com slash the yard sign. And of course, you can now find us on Apple Podcasts. Just a search for the yard sign. Yeah, uh, in, that's the big news. Why, why yeah. did we not talk about that? We're on iTunes. Dude, now. I We're mentioned on, it like three times. It's did you? I wasn't thing. paying attention. Get on, <laughs> get on <laughs> iTunes. Androids, it's not that big of a deal. Blah, blah, no blah. one has Androids. We don't have, we don't. I, that's I, not true. Samsung <laughs> is one of the biggest companies in the world. Uh, we don't. We, if you have an Android, you watch us on Facebook. If you, if you have, like anyone you else in the rest an Android, of the world, Android, listen to us you on have iTunes. A real job in actually doing things business wise. If you have an Apple, you're more of the creative marketing what are you type. Talking about? Are you I don't. I'm not going to get into this. We should just go. <laughs> So, so, but uh, to that note, you know, soon enough we'll be on Google Podcasts as well, and as well as Spotify. So these things are all rolling and moving very quickly. Uh, thanks again to Chris Lakata for producing the show today. Uh, sorry again for the technical bumps uh, yeah, here and there, but that's right. So shout out, shout out to Matt Lettler for coming on board and giving us a. Oh yeah, that guy who took my seat. <laughs> Crash my show. He looked better on camera yeah, than yeah. you. Please make sure someone has a polo and like product I know. for next time. Dude, this know. is old Navy, bro. Like, stop hating. And I will hate. All right, hit, run the clip, Chris. Hit the outro. <laughs> Let's go. Hit All right, outro. so long, everybody. See you guys.